live from the capital of the Commonwealth, this is the Sports Huddle with Bob Black on 1061 ESPN. We're also streaming live at ESPNRichmond.com and on the iHeartRadio app. Call in and talk with Bob anytime at 327-0888. Now, here's Bob Black with the Sports Huddle on 1061 ESPN. Well, you've made it to the weekend. Here we are, past 5 o'clock on a Friday afternoon, and we're getting you into the weekend and a sporting weekend, we hope. Welcome back to the Sports Huddle. If you were with us in hour number one, welcome back. And if you're just joining us now, welcome. And indeed, it is time to get to the weekend. Bob Black with you here, hosting remotely this afternoon. AJ in our ESPN Richmond studios. And we're glad you're along for the ride, as we said, getting you into the weekend this afternoon. Going to talk a little college basketball to tip it off here in the 5 o'clock hour. We did this last Friday, do it today, and probably for a few more Fridays to come as we introduce you to some of the new members of the Richmond Spiders. Of course, you've been here in Richmond Spider Basketball and ESPN Richmond for a long, long time. We'll continue to do so, obviously, and as the flagship station, like to bring you right up to speed. And we did it last week with Jordan King, the transfer from East Tennessee State. Got to meet him last Friday afternoon. And today, we're honored to have Delani Hunt on with us today, the transfer from Wagner, who will be suiting up for the Spiders for the first time come this fall. Delani, thank you so much for joining us this afternoon. Um, welcome to Richmond, and, and how you doing? as you head into the weekend. I uh, appreciate that. It's an honor for you guys to have me. I'm doing really well. How are you? Doing great. Thank you. I'm really excited to get to uh, meet you both on the radio and then certainly in person uh, as we move along. It hasn't happened yet. I know you guys have been working out a lot uh, already in, in the Quilly Athletic Center and, and starting to get to know each other. How has that process gone for you guys? Because there are plenty of new faces on this team. How have you kind of started the process of chemistry, of meshing together? Um, actually, I think it's gone pretty well. You know, everyone kind of fits in. Every, every new guy, he fits in. Uh, we have a bunch of personalities, but they mesh well. So, you know, we've been doing little small team activities where we'll hang out after workouts or all join each other in the cast. And just being around each other in the gym, you know, I think it really builds that chemistry that we're going to need later on down the line. Delani, how have the how have the workouts gone? Look, you played at Wagner for three seasons. You were used to workouts going a certain way at the college level, the way that coaching staff handled things. How has that adjustment kind of gone for you in kind of the way Coach Mooney and his staff and Richmond basketball does things? Oh uh, well, of course, you know it's been a, a big adjustment, but just being a ball player in general and working out, you know, full throttle, whether you're with your school or by yourself. Um, it's always it's it's always going to be a change, but I think it's it's gone pretty well. You know, um, Wagner was a little bit more paced in our workouts, but we were still like every rep, just you going hard. You know, and then at Richmond, it's just like it's a nonstop workout for however long we're working out that day. So, of course, I, I would say that would be the biggest adjustment, but it hasn't been too rigorous just just because of my work ethic, I believe. Uh, you had a very successful career at, at Wagner, some uh, all-NEC honors, rookie of the year, going back to your freshman season, double-figure score, uh, all of that on your resume. So so why Richmond? What what attracted you to make the move and to come to the Spiders where you will have two seasons of eligibility, right? Yes. All right, so what attracted so, you to the Spiders? Yeah, go ahead, Delani. Um, what attracted me to the Spiders was when I came on my visit, it, was just, it just felt very welcoming, you know, um, Staten Island is, is about a three-and-a-half drive away from home. Richmond is about an hour and 45 without traffic. So 
that played a major role just being closer to my grandmother and my mom as they're like their health is kind of you know not at the best at the peak and just thinking getting older and all you know I just thought it was time for me to try to go to another place where I could develop my game even more just thinking for the future. Uh, Delani is from Upper Marlboro, Maryland, and I hate to break this to you, Delani, but there is always traffic between Richmond and Maryland. You're going to have to use I-95 at some point. There's always going to be traffic, so just be patient, young man, all right? On the road. I, I got you. I got you. <laughs> hey, what was, the, uh, what was the recruitment process kind of like? How did it differ from you were when you were in high school and being recruited and, and eventually went to Wagner? How much more did you know about you know the things you wanted to look at this time around, as opposed to when you were, you know, still in high school. So when I was still in high school, um, unfortunately, my senior year is when COVID really hit, and it kind of took a toll on my recruitment. You know, so we had about two more tournaments to play that I was hopefully looking to get more looks, but that was cut short. And then Wagner happened to be one of the schools that was pressing hard for me at the time, and. I just fit in well with those guys, like how they were talking to me, uh, how they interacted with the games. So that's how I came to choose Wagner. And then once the recruiting process kind of opened up again after, it was it was it was way different, you know, because like I didn't have the chance for schools to all like call me and spend like three days, you know, just like back to back to back. And like I would say it's different because I'm already I was already in college this time, and now going to another college, it was like I'm already knowing what to expect. Because I've been through college already, you know. Whereas when I was a high school freshman, it was kind of like you just thinking like I'm waiting for that one big school when I'm going to go. But this time I knew what I was looking for. I knew, I knew that I wasn't coming here for ego or anything. I was coming here to try to make the program better. Just the main thing was always winning. Um, obviously, uh, and I mentioned this to our audience last hour when we were previewing that you were coming on, the Wagner to Richmond connection has happened before. It happened successfully with Blake Francis, uh, who was the Spiders' leading scorer when he got here, uh, both in 2020 and 2021 as well. Uh, how much did you know of Blake? Uh, how much of that became part of what you were thinking about Richmond, that, hey, this has worked before, I can make it work as well? So I'm not too familiar with, like, Blake. Like, I don't know him personally, but I do have his number to where he reached out to me while I was on the visit. Um, that connection was, like, kind of unique. So I knew he had went to Richmond, like, as I was coming on the visit and everything. Like, he has his little plaque in uh, Wagner Locker Room. So, of course, I know who he was. <laughs> and, you know, the connection of us wearing three, I guess, being lefties, being from the DMV area, going from Wagner to Richmond, was definitely pretty unique. But, um... I wouldn't say I would say it definitely factored into my decision, but it also it also was kind of my own decision, you know, and it, it just kind of became full circle that the irony of those two situations happened. For sure. All right. So there are there, there are those similarities. Wagner to Richmond. Yep. You're both guards. You're both high scoring guards, which is a great thing. Uh, you're both right. left handed. Uh, I, I've watched you know your highlight reel uh, a couple of times, and and there's certainly going to be a comparison there. But but let's talk about Delani Hunt. Um, for Spider fans that are going to be watching you, cheering you in the Robin Center, what type of game are they going to see from you? Oh, um, they're going to see an electric, explosive game. You know where. Um, fast-paced, nonstop. They're going to see a lot of uh, aggressive defense. Uh, probably probably as rare, you know, just picking up 94 feet, some, a lot of talking, um, and just, just going to be out there having fun. So I'm going to be interacting with the crowd a lot, but not out of cockiness, just like just getting – because the crowd really feeds into Richmond is one thing I can see 
as I was recruiting here, you know. So I'm just gonna it's gonna be it's gonna be a fun season. I can't wait to get started. I think we all like that you're going to be a good talker. I don't know if Coach Mooney's going to like it necessarily during the game, but I know he's going to like you being a good talker with your teammates, and we're going to like you being a good talker on the radio and TV and with the fans and all of that. So that's that's exciting. That that really is great. We're really looking forward to it. Are you more? Um, and I know in Coach Mooney's system, a lot of the time, you know, we'll use the phrase positionless basketball. But are you more of a point guard or a two guard? Can you play both? What what's kind of your comfort level? I, I could play both, but I would say I'm more of a point guard just because of, like I said, like my voice. I feel like I like being one of the loudest on the floor just so like, I like being heard, and I feel like that's a point guard's job just to make sure you know everyone's spots, kind of get everyone where they need to be and make sure everything's settled at all times. Uh, what's the connection you have already made or trying to make with our guest from last Friday, Jordan King? Because, you know, it sounds like you two are going to spend a lot of time together, be it off the court or most certainly on the court together in the spider backcourt. Yeah, so through these couple of weeks that I've been up here, me and Jordan have built an incredible bond so far. It's been quick. And uh, just like just watching Jordan's game, it's, it's amazing that to, to play with him because you can also see like how he can play on ball and off ball. I think we'll be able to play off of each other well just because we both have those unselfish qualities. And I think he also is thinking the same way that I am. Like, it ain't about ego. It's not about which guard is going to score 20 points. It's about how we're going to have one more point than the other team every night. Uh, Well said. That's probably a good way to wrap up our first conversation uh, for sure. What's the rest of your summer look like as far as workouts and being at Richmond or getting some time to breathe a little bit before we really get rolling in the fall? Okay, so um, next week we'll be finishing up our final week for the summer and everything, and then I'll probably stay up here for two extra weeks just to uh, work the last little um, fighter camp, you know. Mm-hmm. I think it was it was cool interacting with just the little kids and all the parents that have, like, season tickets and everything just to kind of show my face so that so it'll be familiar when the season comes around. Good stuff. Really good. I think the Spider fans and all of us are looking forward to getting to know you and watch you out there in a, in a Spider uniform. Delani, thanks for the visit today. First of many, we are certainly hopeful and sure it will be and look forward to seeing you on campus. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. I hope you guys have a great weekend. You too. Thank you, Delani. Delani Hunt, uh, one of the new members of the Richmond Spiders, uh, obviously a good talker and a good player, and we like both of those combinations. Yeah, he was all NEC last year um, at Wagner. Uh, has, has a veteran guys played in over 70 games already over his three years there average double figures uh, 11 points per game let's see about 32 minutes about three assists per contest um, so yeah he, he brings some pretty good credentials to the Richmond Spiders as I said back in his freshman year he was rookie of the year um, in in uh, the NEC that was kind of the abbreviated year they only played 20 games that season and they had a good year uh, that year and last year okay 15 and 13 8 and 8 in the nec and, and as he said he he just wants to win basketball games he's got a couple years to go and i think the most important number will be that one in the win column for him and hopefully for the rest of the spiders as well all right there you go another introduction another new member of the richmond spiders we'll keep doing that uh, as we have opportunity as we get through the summer months and and on into the fall all right about five twelve on the sports huddle let's keep it rolling on a friday afternoon here's what's coming up These are this afternoon's top sports stories. I'm sure you'll be fascinated by all the uh, stories you have to tell. This is today's Drive Home Headlines. 
Drive Home Headlines brought to you by James River Air. If you're not confident in your heating and cooling provider, switch to James River Air. You can save up to 30%. Check them out online at jamesriverair.com. I guess the two big stories uh, today, the um, the penalties handed down to Tennessee football uh, today, kind of the national story of the day, $8 million in fines, five-year probation, reduction of scholarships by 28, um, more penalties coming, I think, to uh, the former coach, Jeremy Pruitt. All of this happened uh, during his tenure. I know they're going to take away some wins and individual records. Uh, we, we'll talk about that a little bit later as we move along. Um, but no bowl ban for Tennessee football. So this will not penalize the players in the program now who were not part of this, who were not part of the violations uh, back when they happened. Uh, so that does help the current players at, at Tennessee. I think that's probably okay. I'm um, still kind of digesting all of this, and we'll talk a little bit more about it after the break, in fact. But I, I think for once, maybe the NCA got it right here. Um, I don't know that, that a bowl ban would have done, you know, any more, you know, good or bad uh, to Tennessee. So I'm, I'm, I think they, they did all right here. I mean, it sounds like a decent amount of money that they're going to be out and scholarships that's going to make it hard for them to compete, especially in the SEC. So, I don't know. My first glance at this one might actually be okay for what the NCAA did in an era when the NCAA just doesn't do much, where it's scared of its own shadow uh, to do things like this because they know lawsuits are are constantly being thrown at them. Uh, But in this case, I think they may have have hit the nail, uh, which would be kind of shocking. For the NCA. Anyways, that's that's kind of the national top story today. Of course, return to baseball tonight. Regular season resumes this evening. Uh, everybody in action tonight. First game, as we said, Padres at Phillies at six o'clock. Braves play a little after seven. We'll have that one here on one oh six one ESPN. Do a full rundown of all the baseball before we leave you this afternoon. And we will continue our conversation on the World Quad Ball Championships coming to Glover Park in Henrico County this weekend. And what that's all about, we were supposed to be out there live today, um, but it didn't happen. A little bit of threat of weather late this afternoon, so we elected uh, not to do it in, in partnership with our friends at Richmond Region Tourism. But we're still bringing you the guests uh, to our program this afternoon, and we're going to do that. We had the executive director of um, USA Quad Ball, Mary Kimball, on with us in the 4 o'clock area hour and Julia Bear will join us here in the 5 o'clock hour at about 5.30. Uh, she is one of the participants. She is one of the members of the U.S. national team, and she has a very strong local connection. So we'll talk with her about all of that at about 5.30 this afternoon. And there's time to talk with you, 804-327-0888 on the Sports Huddle. A little past quarter after 5, get a break in here, come back on the other side. Maybe a few more thoughts on the Tennessee sanctions today. Maybe you'd like to weigh in on that. Would love to hear from you again, 327-0888. Sports Huddle, 1061 ESPN. The Atlanta Braves are rolling with their sights set on a sixth straight division title and their second championship in three years. Catch the action here on 1061 ESPN Richmond, your home for the Atlanta Braves in the capital city. Hello again there. Welcome back to the 
Sports Huddle on a Friday afternoon, getting you up to 6 o'clock and diving right into the weekend. Before we get there, we dive into the phone calls, 804-327-0888. Reggie's with us this afternoon. Hello, Reggie. How are you? I'm not well. Um, you know, Uh-oh. Michael Phillips, I'm still, uh, I'm still in shock about that. Uh, I mean, here, you know, sometimes Twitter can be a good thing. A lot of times it's a bad thing. But if you go on Michael's um, Twitter feed last night and see all the replies that he got and the comments that he got last night, I mean, you don't want this to happen to anybody, but it was gratifying. The number of people and journalists and friends who came out and supported him and sent him a note about just, you know, who knows why uh, the company did what it did to relieve him of his duties as sports editor of the Times-Dispatch. Just just absolutely ridiculous, and I worry about the other people at the Times-Dispatch because I hope it's not just the tip of the iceberg of what they might be doing with that sports department there. Well, I'm just praying that, well, Mr. Phillips, if you're listening, I personally want to thank him for the conversations we had. And he was very knowledgeable of HBCUs locally and on a mm-hmm. national level. He even talked about Tennessee State having a hockey team. You yeah, know, right. HBCU. Yep. I mean, he pulled that one out on me, and I said, "That boy, bro, you, you got one on me." <laughs> yep. He he wasn't <laughs> just like the the behind the desk sports editor, and he didn't just cover the Commanders. You know, he made sure no. he covered a cross section of topics, universities, sports, schools. Uh, did it in a great way. It was like we said, it was part of our team with our Commanders coverage here on one hundred six one ESPN. We yeah. hope we can help him. However, we can try and help him. Would certainly do that. But I don't think he's going to need a lot of our help reggie he's, he's too talented too good a guy he'll find that next gig here's the only thing i was talking with somebody about yesterday reg i'm sure you can understand this you know it may not be on his terms like he's going to find that next yeah. good gig but but might it mean uprooting yeah. his family and moving away from richmond something he didn't want to do right now whatever he's going to find that next yeah. good gig and i hope it's comfortable for him and his family i, I just want to thank him for all the great work he's done over the years and the great support of HBCUs. It's just, uh, uh, you know, Bob, we have been down this road for many years. I haven't seen people come and go, and we're not going to get into the past because I really get upset then. I'm not going to go there, Bob. I'm not going to go there. I get it, and and Reggie, I echo your sentiments. You know sentiments what I'm talking about, Bob, so I'm not going to go there. No, I, I think you said it well. Let's leave uh, well said enough alone at this point. And we talked about it yesterday, and Sean made that comment yesterday as well. So he he Michael knows he's got the support of all of us uh, in the media community and the Richmond community uh, behind him. I got to run, Reg. Thanks. Have a great weekend. We'll catch up beginning of next week, I'm sure, uh, and you'll interact with us then. All right, let's get a break in here. We're going to talk some more quad ball. The uh, International Quad Ball Association hosting the World Cup, uh, courtesy of Richmond Region Tourism, right here in our fair city at Glover Park tomorrow and Sunday. Julia Bear is one of the members of the U.S. national team, and she has a local connection as well. She's going to join us next to talk about the upcoming tournament here in the RVA. That's next on the Sports Huddle. Braves are back from the all-star break and all eyes are on the postseason. How far can they go? Listen and find out with us here on your exclusive home for the Atlanta Braves. 1061 ESP.
And we welcome you back. Bob Black back with you. Sports Huddle, 1061 ESPN, taking you up to the top of the hour to 6 o'clock here this evening. Hopefully, our next conversation will help take you out to Glover Park this weekend for a really cool event that Richmond Region Tourism has brought to our capital city, brought, truthfully, to the United States for the first time. It's the International Quad Ball Association World Cup. Fifteen different nations, including the United States, of course, will be represented. The U.S., the defending champ in this sport. And we get an opportunity to talk with one of those talented, terrific athletes. She is Julia Bear, who joins us this afternoon. Hi, Julia. How are you? Hi, doing well. How are you? Doing great. So I've been uh, kind of teasing your appearance with us by saying you have a local connection uh, as you get set Mm -hmm. to participate in this World Cup event. Tell our audience a little bit about how you got involved in playing quad ball and where. Yeah, so I started playing. I I went to the University of Richmond. um, uh, Yeah, hometown hero. I went to the University of Richmond um, from 2011 to 2015 and um, I accidentally got in, I got into the sport actually by accident. Uh, one of my hallmates freshman year burst into my room uh, the first couple of days of freshman year and said, get changed, we're going to quad ball tryout. <laughs> I said, okay, and so I followed her to the field, and she quit just a few months later, and here I am 12 years in. But she's still one of my biggest fans. All right, well, why did you keep going? What kind of enamored you about this sport? Yeah, so obviously it's a very, very unique sport. One thing that um, that I really love about it is that it's full contact, um, so it's kind of like a mixture of rugby and handball. Um, and I also love that it's co-ed. Um, it was a really great way for me, you know, to get to know people at school and also, um, you know, get on, get in on the ground floor of a sport. I, I played field hockey, basketball, and lacrosse um, in high school, and I, I really am a, a very competitive person, and I was looking for an outlet Um you know, a sport to play in college as well. Um, and it just kind of fit the bill perfectly. So, Julia, how did this kind of morph from, you know, playing at Richmond at UR into now, you know, being on the national team? Yeah, so um, as I'm sure your listeners know, University of Richmond's a pretty small school, um, undergraduate population of about 3,000 people. So our quad ball program was similarly small. Um the best quad ball in the country back then and now is played in the Southwest and the Northeast regions. And so I spent a lot of my, my undergraduate years kind of quietly watching film on YouTube of like BU, University of Texas, University of Maryland, Texas A&M, all those kind of bigger programs and, and learning and looking it up to all these like amazing players. And I actually even submitted an application for the 2014 U.S. national team and, and heard crickets back. And so I kind of figured that was probably the end of the line. I'm just kind of on this small program in the mid-Atlantic. Um, but then I graduated, and, and I'm from Massachusetts. I'm from Cape Cod. And so after I graduated, I went up to Boston uh, for the summer. And lucky enough, that was the, the first year of this new league called Major League Quad Ball, which um, is still going to this day in the summertime. Um, and by some miracle, I made the Boston team. Um, and over that summer, I went from being, like, absolutely starstruck by some of these people that I had, like, looked up to. And they're, you know, my new teammates. Um, and all the way to at championships, I led us in scoring, and we took home the first title in league history. And so soon after that, I got the call up for the 2016 World Cup. Wow. Uh, so what does all that kind of mean to you, knowing that that path that you took to play for the national team and obviously a team that has, has dominated, right, at the world level? Mm-hmm. 
Well, so, I mean, seriously, this is every athlete's dream, right? This is the top of the mountain. When you're, when you're falling in love with a sport, you never expect to be that person, that one in a million that gets to represent your country. Um, and ever since I've been little, I've been a competitor, for better or worse. Uh, I mean, I'm one of four. Um, so, grown up in a competitive household, and I've never, you know, really felt satisfied with where I stand as an athlete or a player, and I'm always kind of pushing to see what else I can do, what else I can accomplish. So, as I said, I made that um, I made my debut at the 2016 World Cup in Germany, uh, but we actually fell short. We took home silver that year, and that was a big upset. Um, and then in 2018, I also made the World Cup, and that was awesome. And we took home the gold medal, and that was amazing. But I still felt like there was more I could do, and so. Here we are at another World Cup in 2023. The U.S. is hosting for the first time. And it, like, for me, it really feels like such a full circle moment because, I, like I said, I learned this sport not five miles down the road. Um, and this whole team kind of has a huge target on our back from um, the 2018 Florence team just to defend our title and, and, and leave no doubt that we are the best team in the world. So that's what we're here to do. And Julie, I, I know you know part of the the uh, allure. I think would be to become kind of a world traveler and go to these places. You, you mentioned Florence in eighteen and Frankfurt, uh, Germany was where mm-hmm. it was in twenty sixteen. Um, but here mm-hmm. you are in your backyard this this yeah. weekend and the first time that the U.S. has ever kind of hosted that. Um, how did how do you kind of grab on to that to try and win another gold medal on your own turf? Yeah, yeah. I mean, we have home field advantage. We have a bunch of supporters coming out. It's a completely different environment this time because, you know, like you said, we're in our we're in our backyard. We have our you know our U.S. supporters. We have um, a lot of a lot of things going for us here. But honestly, it's going to be a real battle. We have um, a lot of teams here with nothing to lose and a lot to prove. And this is the first World Cup with two handed tackling, which will be really really interesting. Um, mm. I mean, Australia and the European teams are, are known for their physicality. Um, and that was even back when you could only tackle with one arm. I mean, this is a young sport. that The rules um, are constantly evolving. Um, and so I expect a really exciting kind of physical tournament. Um, roster depth is going to be massively important. And it's important that the U.S. team keeps our heads and, and just settles in. And, and with all the excitement of us hosting, just, um, you know, stay calm and get the job done. Uh, finish it up with Julia Bear from the U.S. national team with uh, the war- World uh, Quad Ball Championships this weekend at Glover Park. And I think you've described it great for our audience. And if they get out there, I think they got a, a general idea of what to look for, what to expect, the cross-section of a lot of different sports that are incorporated in this. Uh, and you alluded to some of the competition. Is there one or two countries um, that they should particularly be, be looking at um, as top competitors for the United States? Absolutely. So, honestly, there's there's quite a few. Um, Australia um, are our, you know, kind of our old rivals. They're the ones that snuck in, took the gold medal from us in 2016. So we've had a bit of a chip on our shoulder about them since then. Um, but Belgium actually played us in the finals in Florence in 2018. Belgium is an extremely strong team as well. Um, I mean, you have England, you have Germany, France. All these teams are capable of, of bringing home the title. Um, if you're looking for specific matchups on day one, I would definitely say Australia-Germany is a good one. 
England, France, and then the U.S. is actually playing Belgium. We have them in our pool this year. So um, the finals matchup from 2018 is going to be a day one matchup at this tournament. So that'll be really exciting. Yeah, it really does sound exciting. Well, obviously, you've got the home field advantage, as we said, and we're thrilled that it's it's in your home as well, you know, in the shadows yeah. of the University of Richmond this weekend. I think that'll make it uh, even more impactful for you and, and for your team. Julia, thank you so much. Uh, we look forward to following your progress over the weekend. Thank you so much for having me. Julia Bear with the U.S. National Team, the International Quad Ball World Cup, coming to Glover Park tomorrow and Sunday. Again, you can go online to get more information, igaworldcup.org. Again, first time the U.S. has hosted, you're going to see the Richmond name out there with Florence, Italy, Italy, Frankfurt, Germany, uh, Burnaby, Canada, and Oxford, England have hosted this event before. And it is kind of cool. It's a sport that's still evolving. The rules are changing, but it does sound really exciting. And it is a cross-section of a lot of different sports. And my guy, A.J., man, he's... He's ready to suit up and play. I don't know if that'll happen. That won't happen this weekend. I'm going but. to be the Bill Lambeer of this sport. <laughs> you are, ch- You're going to go out and watch. And they're going to have to restrain you from going on the field, aren't they? I'm so jacked. Yes. I am ready for this. <laughs> All right. If you make it this weekend, uh, let us know how it goes next she, week. I'm going to make it. And she, what was the first thing she said? She basically, I love the physicality. I'm like, girl. Yes. High five, man. I'm so, everyone is just selling me. I don't know if anybody else is getting sold, but uh, thank you for Richmond Regional Tourism for selling me. I'm in. (laughs) And wasn't that kind of interesting? Like when they first started playing it, you could tackle with one arm only. Now, Now you can tackle with two. Like that brings football right back into this equation, doesn't it? It's, it? It sounds like it has more defense than the NFL. I'm ready. Let's go. Oh, you love defense. I know. You you love well, champ defense wins championships. Offense sells tickets, as they say. Uh it'll be fun. It'll be fun out there this weekend. And we're glad to have been a part of it with Rich and Region Tourism. We are always are uh with those fine folks and they just continue to bring great events. And the thing I love about what Rich and Region Tourism is doing is sometimes they bring like mainstream events. You know, here, whether it's, you know, a football event or a flag football event or a baseball event or or soccer, obviously, in lacrosse. And we've certainly covered those for sure. But they've also brought us karate and they've brought us spike ball. And now they've brought us quad ball ball. So I think it's it's really great, really a a cool job. And they've done really great with it. And as I always say, we're we're thrilled to be partnering with them. All right. Five forty two on the uh, sports. We'll finish it up. We'll get you into the weekend after one more timeout. We'll come back and wrap it up for a Friday afternoon. One oh six one ESPN. Braves are rolling with their sights set on a sixth straight division title and their second championship in three years. Catch the action here on 1061 ESPN Richmond, your home for the Atlanta Braves in the capital city. is our airtime tonight to catch the Atlanta Braves in the capital city. They start the uh, ceremonial second half of the season. What have they played? 89 games. That record is just so impressive to look at. 60 and 29. And they've split it home and away. They have won 30 at home and 30 on the road. They are going to be a tough out. They are going to be a tough team to beat. Uh, Charlie Morton pitches tonight for... Atlanta, he's going for his 10th win of the season. There's probably only a handful of pitchers in double figures and wins, right? Let me look. One, two, three, four, five, seven pitchers have won 10 or more. So he's got a chance to be the eighth 
tonight when they open that series against the White Sox. Uh, 7.20, first pitch time again, 7.05 here on 106.1 ESPN. As I've mentioned, the second half starts with the Padres at the Phillies tonight. That's a 6.05 game in Philadelphia. The Orioles will look to pick up where they left off. They are at home tonight against the Marlins. That's a 7.05 start this evening. And the Nationals are on the road. They're in St. Louis uh, two pretty bad teams to start the second half there. Nationals with 36 wins and the Cardinals with with 38. And we'll be keeping our eye on the Yankees tonight and their new hitting coach, Sean Casey, the Richmond Spider Hall of Famer, Virginia State Hall of Famer, Cincinnati Reds Hall of Famer, three-time All-Star, makes his debut as the Yankees hitting coach uh, tonight, uh, I got rave reviews, really, from everybody in the selection of Casey. First time coaching in the major leagues, but he's just so affable, uh, so gregarious, so good with the media, so good with players, most importantly, um, that they think he'll be pretty successful at this. And he's got a great place to start, right, in Colorado, one of the best hitting parks in the country, the thin air, you can hit some balls out of there. Um, so it's a pretty good start uh, for Casey, for the Yankees, wearing the pinstripes tonight in Colorado. Like I said, I'm rooting for Sean Casey. I'm not rooting for the Yankees. Hope they lose every game 11 to 10. <laughs> uh, all right, so New there you York go. New York fandom that- looks good on you, Bob. What's that? New York fandom looks good on you, Bob. Yeah, no, it does not. You know better than that. I don't. I don't root for any New York team. I'll root for some individuals, and I would root for Casey. Like I said, I hope his offense scores 10 runs on, like, 18 hits, but I hope they lose. Uh, The Mets open at home tonight against the Dodgers. That's a really good series tonight. And Justin Verlander on the mound uh, for the Mets this evening uh, against the Dodgers. Again, the underachieving Mets. So I'm not rooting for them either, AJ. (laughs) Gotcha on that one. Um, All right, anyway, so that's some of the baseball. Uh, coming up, uh, starting. I'm so glad it's back. So I'll be watching the Phils as soon as we're done tonight. I'm turning that on, uh, watching on MLB TV. You know how much I love that. I became like a spokesperson for them over the last couple of years. Um, guess who just signed up for MLB TV? By the way, our good buddy Mitchell Bradley, who I saw out at Colonial Downs yesterday. He was doing some video work for Colonial Downs, and he texted me today, and he said, "Ah." They finally reduced the price to where I could afford it. It's like 50 bucks for the rest of the year, which is a pretty good deal uh, to watch as much Major League Baseball as you want. And he's a Braves fan, so he's got plenty to watch here in the second half. So, yeah, so uh, uh, Hook Mitchell, he signed up for MLB.tv. Can watch the Braves. He can watch all those other games now. And he got it for, like, the less than half a year price of, like, I think it was under 50 bucks. So he's a good good shopper, that Mitchell Bradley certainly is. All right, hey, let me finish up again real quick on this Tennessee deal. Uh, and we can talk more about it next week. But I really do think the NCAA, for the most part, got this one right with the penalties as severe as they possibly could without actually impacting the guys that are on the team now that weren't a part of the infraction years at Tennessee under Jeremy Pruitt. Which was terrible. I, I read a couple things in the ESPN.com story. I got to read one of the quotes to you. But anyway, five years probation, eight million dollar fine, between eight and nine million dollar fine, uh, twenty eight scholarship reduction, and then it it goes even deeper than that as far as recruiting visits, both official recruiting visits that have been taken away and unofficial recruiting visits that they can't have 
um, either. Now, Pruitt really got, you know, a, a, a great penalty. I mean, he was cheating, and his wife was cheating. According to there were there are charges of more than sixty thousand dollars of benefits given to athletes by the coach and his wife, making cash payments to players' families. That is that is just as it was said, egregious and expansive were the violations. Kay Norton, um, who was the chief hearing officer for the the panel that came up with the violations, I want to try and find the one quote that I saw from her that was about as damning as it possibly um could be hopefully i can i can find this before we get off the air i don't really want to misquote but here it is said the previous coaching staff meaning pruitt demonstrated an unwillingness to even pretend to follow the rules there's the definition of egregious right there unwillingness to even pretend to follow the rules so they slapped him with a pretty harsh penalty, one that Tennessee actually approved of. They kind of probably helped form it, frame it, mold it, um, where they could deal with it. And what the one thing they really didn't want was an impact on their current players. So they, they did not get any kind of bowl, suspension, prohibition, any of that. And they're a good football team. Remember, they were 11-2 and two last season. New coaching staff, new players. So they wanted to make sure their players could go to a bowl game. And I totally agree with that, um, the one thing I don't normally agree with is taking wins away and into, and records away. In this case, I think if they have identified the players that received cash benefits, I do think there's something in this case not to taking wins away. I, I don't think you do that. They won the game. They lost the game. There were other players on the team who weren't involved. Taking wins away is is a hollow penalty. I mean, it happened to my alma mater, Syracuse, and I thought it was stupid then. I think it's stupid now. And that one, I, I don't care about. The individual records, um, that might make some sense to me in this in this particular case. If they can pinpoint the certain athletes that violated all these rules and took payments and all of that kind of thing, and they had some kind of a record in a record book, I do think I would erase those. I really do. I think that could really be part of – of the penalties i actually think the ncaa came pretty close to getting this thing right and i go on a little bit about this and then we've only got a minute left because i got to tell you i was in a meeting today at richmond at uh, at the university of richmond i'm not going to go into deep detail because i don't think that's right but it, it involved this new transformation committee and all of the changes that the ncaa is making the pendulum is swinging so much in the favor of the student athlete at this point that here comes a concern for me that I think we're going to outprice ourselves for certain institutions. I think there will be schools below the Power Five that can no longer afford to be members of Division One. That is the one thing that hit me from about a 45-minute meeting today. I'm not going to go into any details other than to say um, institutions are really going to have to scramble to take a look at their bottom line and how they're going to come up with budgets moving forward. It's going to get much more expensive to run a Division I athletic department, and I don't think all of them are going to make the cut moving forward. That's how impactful that was to me today, a topic we'll pick up on uh, next week. All right, thanks to all of our uh, quad ball guests today. We wish them the best of luck. The U.S. team out there at Glover Park this weekend, Friday and uh, Saturday and Sunday, and appreciate Richmond Region Tourism for setting all that up for us. Lonnie Hunt from the Richmond Spider basketball team also joined us today. A.J., thanks. Have a great sporting weekend. Talk to you Monday. Bob Black saying so long for the Sports Huddle.
For some, it's the luxury that captivates.